We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to Shoot the Shot, an NBA and variety show. It is December 23rd, 2021. Wishing you guys a Merry Christmas. Jonathan Osborne here. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Are you on the naughty list? Yes. (laughs) Here we go again. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Probably. Probably my I I would put my my money on the fact that you are tonight. You put your money on the fact that Chuma Okiki would score more than was it twelve thir- points that, that he would score I think twelve or more. Gary Harris would score like fourteen or more. Maybe it was thirteen or more for Chuma. Regardless, moral think, of the story yeah, here. I think Chuma ended with thirteen tonight. I know you yeah, probably so I needed him to the, get fourteen. You haven't seen the recap that I did because you know we basically oh, like the game ended Kev, and I got on Kev. Here. Kev was watching it while we were waiting on you, and I heard you mention the fact yeah, that it, yeah. Say say a prayer for pour the one out. folks. Yeah, pour yeah. one out for the the homie missed his yeah. uh, parlay prop bet by one Chuma Okiki point tonight. Yeah, so. would have ten x my uh, my risk. Bro, so. parlay is just not the way to go. Yeah, it, it's so enticing because you're like, oh, if I can hit this, it's a big payoff. But well, like, so I I, I usually don't your money. I usually don't do um, many parlays at all, especially player prop parlays. But I I I go back and forth between Prize Picks all the time. That app, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's pretty. I've heard of it. It's pretty cool. Um, and so I I've done that. My buddy texted me last night. He made uh, like twelve thousand dollars last week. Um, with prize picks, and uh, and he was losing At his mind IRS. about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he will need to uh, <laughs> pay probably pay those. Um, but yeah, so I was like, oh, I'll do something. So I put you know just a little twenty fiver on on four different prop bets. I guess um, needed all four of them to hit, and uh, didn't happen. So unfortunate. Never a good time. Hmm. Well, look, we mentioned, or I mentioned at the top of the show, you know, wishing all of our listeners a, a very Merry Christmas. Um, what, uh, as, you know, for years and years and years, the NBA and Christmas kind of synonymous, you know, yeah. Christmas is like the official, unofficial start to the season. Um, Luke, what uh, what Christmas games are you excited for this this week, this year? Um, so I'll tell you what I'm not excited for due to the circumstances. Um the Knicks suck, so I was going to be excited for that game. 
Um, but the Knicks suck, and I just watched Lance Stevenson log minutes for the Atlanta Hawks um, in all parts of the game tonight. So I, I'm not excited about that one. The one I'm probably most excited about, uh, Golden State Phoenix. Um, and Boston-Milwaukee, I would assume Milwaukee can win that. Dallas, Utah, I don't know, man. I, I guess if I have to say, it's definitely the Warriors and the Suns. Yeah, I'm right there. I think that's right now the only um, game that I'm excited for. Like Dallas, obviously the big draw is Luka Doncic. He's in the health and safety protocols. Brooklyn has a ton of guys in the health and safety protocols. The Lakers just haven't been very good this year. Um, Atlanta at New York, even if those teams were healthy, the Knicks haven't been good this year when healthy. So not really all that excited about that. Other than, you know, a game in MSG, nationally televised games, those games are always kind of fun, but... The circumstances that Luke um, is alluding to, and if you've been, you know, following us on social media, or you know, you, if you listen to the Six Man Show, we've talked about it a, a few times now. Um, just this recent, you know, slew of guys that are in the um, NBA health and safety protocol, as um, the Omicron variant of COVID nineteen is just taking the the league and you know the country and you know basically the world by storm, and. So, uh, you know, you had, um, I believe it was Malika Taylor talking to Adam Silver yesterday. We're recording this Wednesday night. And uh, Adam Silver basically said that, you know, right now they they don't really see a logical reason to pause the season. Uh, The National Basketball Basketball Players Association and the NBA come to basically an agreement that uh, for each player that tests positive for COVID, that uh, while they're in the health and safety protocols, you have to sign a replacement player to a 10-day contract, whether that be a free agent or uh, from a, a G League team. So we're seeing tons of that. We saw a ton of that tonight. Um, you know, the Magic playing the Hawks. Uh, I think we had four guys available tonight who were on the opening night roster, Luke. I mean, mm-hmm. that's has to do with injuries as well. And then um, Adam Silver said, you know, we're probably not to the point where we have um, asymptomatic players not testing yeah um but it, it doesn't sound like it's too too far off luke yeah and i i want to i want to correct one thing because otherwise we're gonna please get do. Some, if some, i was if I, yeah, I misspoke please do you it wasn't a big thing uh and i know you know who it is obviously because you formed two different female Malika reporters Andrews. yeah you said malika, malika taylor yeah, like maria, yeah yeah so yeah. malika um, andrews Yes, it said Maria Taylor. As I think you were doing that whole number, Sorry. but uh, but uh, yeah. So um, I mean, yeah. As far as you know, the league essentially isn't shutting down. But did you end up asking me a question at the end there? I was just so. Um, oh no, that's so like when I, when I on whenever I call Jeremy Grant Jerry and Grant, it's kind of the the same thing there. But no, just kind of asking you know your your thoughts on that. We've talked about this. It feels like at least two or three times now the last week. So you and I were both like not super excited to talk about this on the pod but it is a bit of news and you know we yeah i I think i I think that um i personally wouldn't mind for the league to like get shut down for a couple weeks i know that money is required to run a business and the nba just wants to keep everything up and running get players keep players in shape whatever but uh, i mean man you (laughs) i don't i've said it so many times already but the my my biggest point is that I honestly, and this is probably a, a mixed bag here as far as what people prefer, I would rather not watch than watch like records get construed 
and G G League players just run free on ten day hardships and Lance Stevenson and Joe Johnson and like it's it's getting like it's getting wild and I just hope that it's not the rest of the season of us just watching these guys on skeleton crews and come playoff time I I don't it's it's ridiculous at the rate that Omicron is spreading Luke I I don't think there's any chances of the rest of the season. I think at the most we're dealing with this another few weeks, maybe a month, and then the NBA is going to be like, okay, if you're not symptomatic, like you're you're going out there, you know, right. Godspeed, you know, best of luck right. to you, whatever the case may be. But you and I, it's funny because we've been talking all season about how you should not complain when this Magic team wins games. Like you can either be upset now or just don't complain later on in the season when they win a meaningless game in March right. and that might affect their you know, draft position. I think there is a an exception to that uh, because right now the Magic are on their first winning streak of the season. They beat the Hawks and in, in the Nets a few nights ago. But we're not seeing the guys that we are hoping to develop in those games. No. We're seeing Admiral Schofield, Aleem Ford, Tim Frazier... Uh, Freddie uh, Gillespie, like we're Hassan. we're not seeing the guys Hassan. that we want to see. Um, yeah, Hassani Gravett, like we're not seeing the guys. We're not seeing Cole Anthony win these games, or um, you know, R.J. Hampton, uh, a lot of these other guys. I mean, Franz Wagner, you know, he's playing well, but I, if I watched, if, I watched if, Robin Lopez play thirty-one minutes tonight, Jonathan. Sees a career high eleven assists, mind you, Luke. But I will say Jokic. this. If this comes back to affect our draft position, it, it, I'm going to look back to these two games here in particular. And who knows how many you're going to look to as the season goes on. The Magic might have a good stretch of like being completely healthy or something in like the next couple of weeks you know, when they get guys back and all of a sudden they're going against a depleted Brooklyn team, uh, a depleted Milwaukee Bucks team, or Toronto Rat. Like it, Miami, he, I like... The, the magic could just run into a bunch of luck and this goes for every team that's bad right this is this is Houston as well these are all these guys and you could just out their G League team and players that haven't played in three seasons and then all of a sudden you're winning games and the magic end up winning in freaking 25 28 games when they should have really won 15 so i it's ridiculous man it's so stupid we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right, Luke, let's switch this up a little bit. So, you know, we've been talking about, you know, we're seeing the likes of Lance Stevenson and, and 40-year-old Joe Johnson that's come back. Um, a, a fun conversation that you've been, you've seen circulating Twitter is if you could have any player unretire and basically play for one of these teams in a in a 10-day contract, who would it be and why? And when we do this, let's try to keep it somewhat realistic. Like, yeah, Bill Russell's not going to come in and, and check in for the Celtics. You know, yeah. like, God love Bill Russell or, you know, Michael Jordan's not coming back. But who who would you like to see kind of unretire for one of these 10 days? So it would have been probably Joe Johnson, um, to be honest. I love him. But I, I think that I I would like to see uh, a guy that could just shoot threes. And I know he can still shoot threes. I would love to see uh, Kyle Korver come back and just play minutes off the off the bench. I mean, his last season um, that he played, he played 16 minutes and minutes and 58 games, and that was you know two seasons ago. I think. I mean, tonight. I know I keep referring to it, but it's like one of the first like really un you know, G League players, unretired player that's gotten a, a good bit of run. Lance Stevenson tonight played 23 minutes. Um, so Kyle Korver, I think, just could come in and spot up and shoot. You can't tell me this guy's lost it in two years. Um, and then J.R. Smith is my other one, just for the memes. I would love for J.R. to come back um, and, and just play. He played 13 minutes a game in six games with the Lakers in 2019-2020. year before that, played 11 games in Cleveland, 20 minutes a game. I think J.R. Smith on a depleted team could see 25 to 30 minutes in a game, and I think it would be hilarious. So my number one draft pick, like even above Joe Johnson is Jamal Crawford. Yeah. I know Jamal Crawford still plays, you know, pick up basketball on a regular basis. I know he could go out there and, and give you a few minutes. How many buckets is he giving you? I don't really know, but I've always loved Jamal Crawford. Always been a really big fan of his. The other one that I thought of, and, and this is really just because I think it would be hilarious. And I think you're seeing some of these guys, they're going to get a little bit of shine here over the next couple of weeks, just because like the diminished level of competition like we saw B.J. Johnson go out there tonight, scored his career high in points. We saw Robin Lopez, his career high in assists tonight. A lot. We're going to see a lot of these types of things happen, I think, over the next couple of weeks. Again, due to the lowered level of competition. I would love, I would love to see Mario Hazonia come back to the NBA <laughs> just for a couple of weeks. Maybe, maybe not the Orlando Magic. Um, but yeah, no. bring, bring Mario back over. And then this one's going to hurt uh, Magic fans. Fran Vasquez. Finally <laughs> bring Fran over. Have him suit up for the Orlando Magic on a 10-day contract. And we can, we can just start the healing process. He, he finally came over and played just for the 10-day. And the last one, a lot of Magic fans have talked about this, Giannis Tima. We saw Giannis in in the in the summer league. Magic fans were were big fans of him and his you know uh, incredibly tanned skin and bleach blonde <laughs> hair and his Lamborghinis and everything. Bring Giannis Tima. Why is Giannis Tima not playing for uh, an NBA team right now with all of this stuff going on? 
sign Giannis up for a 10-day. I'm all for it. Hey, so I have one more. Um, agree with all those, by the way. Those would be hilarious and fun. I have one more that he is a little bit far further removed, okay? Um, and it's been seven years since he played in the league. What uh, what do you say, uh, Brooklyn Nets? You're looking a little uh, thin over there. How about your coach put on some basketball shoes? Get on out there, old Stevie. 20, 20, 2013, 2014 was his last season with the Lakers there. Um, and in 20 minutes, only you know 15 games, but in 20, 21 minutes, he still averaged, uh, let's see, 5.7 assists. So you can't tell me Steve Nash doesn't still have a basketball IQ. He's obviously, you know, he's a coach. Go out there and just be the, the, the floor general for him. Kyrie doesn't play, doesn't suit up for a, a game in, in Toronto. Or wherever, you know, you just throw him out there, throw Stevie out there, let him let him coach and and run point. Luke, I don't think you could have formed a better segue to our next segment. You mentioned the name Kyrie mm. Irving. So, yeah. a few days ago, it was announced that after you know the the Nets have really been sticking to their guns and they've been strong and firm in the you know the um the opinion they had that they would just not allow any part time players. So Kyrie Irving has missed you know, all of the season so far. You know, 30-some-odd games, I think, we're at now. And the Nets kind of walked that back, and they decided that they were going to let Kyrie Irving come back, practice with the team, and then play away games only because in, in the, you know, the, the city of, of New York there, um, you still have to be fully vaccinated you know, to be able to, to play in these games. So almost immediately after that ruling... Kyrie yeah. was placed into the health and safety protocols along with, you know, um, you know a, a few other other Nets players. You know, I think uh, Kevin Durant's included in that. Um, yeah. James Harden. So what what do we what do we think of the Nets kind of, you know, bowing down to, to Kyrie and then like just a, a self-fulfilling prophecy slash meme that as soon as he comes back, he's placed into the health and safety protocols. I think that. The, the Nets know Kyrie wants to play, right? It's it's no secret. Kyrie wants to play. He just doesn't want to, you know, get vaccinated. You know, his right. And he's just, unfortunately, on a team in a state that just won't, won't allow him to play. So I don't know what the odds of that are, by the way. That, that does suck for Kyrie. But I think that the Nets are trying to really hedge their bets and say, okay, he's getting more irritated. He has a player option this offseason. We need to comply with him and give him what we can everything in our power to get him on the court and, and remind him how great it is to play with, with James Harden and and Kevin Durant, because these guys are all going to be gone soon. If this doesn't pick up, this is a make or break for the nets. They need to win in the postseason. Jonathan, the, the funniest thing to think about, and I'm sure everybody's thinking about it. Is Kyrie Irving in the postseason not playing at home, but playing away games as long as it's not in Toronto? I mean, dude, what <laughs> what does that do for the continuity of your team? To, to, to if you're in the finals and Kyrie, you don't even want home court advantage. I was literally my next question was, when yeah. do we see the Nets start tanking for the eighth seed? That yeah. way they confirmed they do not have home court advantage at any point during the playoffs 
because right. you want you want Kyrie for four games a, a series regardless. So you would take the four away games. I but, mean, I think your arguably second or third best player, you would take that throughout the playoffs yeah. over home court advantage. Well, no question. And it, it, I mean, I Kyrie obviously is incredible. We all know who Kyrie is as a player. Average like 26, 27 a game last year, if I'm not mistaken. I I could be wrong, but just off the off the top of my head, I think that's what he averaged. Um, but no, I mean you. But the issue is, and I don't know if the Nets would tank, but I mean if you're desperate enough and you see Kyrie comes back and that. like, but but let's say they did, then you got to make sure that you're not getting matched up against the Toronto Raptors in the play-in game because it doesn't matter where you're playing, he's not playing. That's so. It's a fun scenario. However, it does kind of ruin everything. You better hope you don't get matched up against the Warriors in the finals. Because then he's right. not playing at all. Is that a thing? Hold on. Yeah, in San Francisco. Oh, no, you're right. It does not It does it's not just, apply to visiting teams. You yeah, are correct. It is just New York I, and an, Toronto. It, I've, I've said that on this podcast like three or four times because people keep getting that wrong. And I just kind of fell into my own trap there. Mm. But that would be funny. Um but I do think, um, and I don't know, maybe maybe the city of New York is going to stick to their guns on this. But the NBA, at least, they're trending in you know the, in terms of not testing asymptomatic players. And I don't know once we kind of get back to that point, like as a society where you know we're just not so much worried about you know COVID at that point. I think, and I hope, I think we all hope that we, we get there eventually. But that I'm I'm not so sure about. So here's here's a fun scenario, Jonathan. You're an NBA player. It's the postseason. It's crunch time, whatever, coming down to the end of the regular season. And the NBA isn't essentially, they're essentially not paying attention to anybody that's asymptomatic, right? You don't have a cough. You don't have any of this stuff. You're and not I getting tested. a little sniffle. I'm, yeah, right. I'm you're, sni- you're, you're hiding it. But that, that, no, that's exactly what I'm saying. I yeah. think that these players, if they've got a little tickle in their throat, you know. That they're not coughing on camera, they're not doing anything because the last thing they want to do is it's the same thing with like in the off season players just absolutely look ripped. Michael Carter Williams being one of them from the Magic, obviously, and then the next day he gets you know he gets tested, right? And and and, and so that's the same concept. If you cough a little Ran- bit, they're randomly like, COVID tested. Yeah, you're gonna do that. Oh, but but get but don't worry because if a star player coughs oh, yeah. and it's like a little bit of <laughs> their NBA is gonna be like I didn't. I, did you guys? I didn't see anything. No. I I didn't see a, no, he a has thing. Allergies. He, he has, has allergies. It's that time of year. Yeah. It's uh, you know, it's it's you know, he d- d- don't t- don't test him. Don't worry He's about it. Around, Yo, does this Gatorade taste weird? Y'all, I can't taste it. <laughs> and they're like, was like, no, no, no. We put water in those jugs. No, they're that's, like, that's hey, not hey, Gatorade. hey, shut up. Yeah, don't well, talk. That's like, uh, who was it in in the bubble? Who like crossed the boundary to like pick up Uber Eats and had to go back into quarantine? <laughs> yeah. And they were like, "Well, what would happen if LeBron did that?" They're like, "They would move right. the line." A hundred percent. What would happen? Uh, let's see. I'm just gonna see who that was. Yeah, uh, it was. Uh, it it was not a player of consequence. Rashawn Holmes. Rashawn Holmes. Yeah. It's a little bit of consequence. It's not uh, like it's a star. It wasn't a star. Not for, not for the Kings. It was not. <laughs> so all right, Luke. We're going to take a, a quick break to hear from our friends at Manscaped, and then I'll give you guys a little fantasy football update. Hey, fellas. This episode of The Six Man Show is brought to you by our favorite producers of ball trimmers, Manscaped. 
The global leaders in below the waist grooming are leaving 2021 with new products. Clean yourself into the new year with their ultra premium body wash. Also, special offer alert. Use the code SIXTH, that's S-I-X-T-H, for 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Four million men already trust Manscaped. Time to join them. Manscaped engineered the ultimate groin and body trimmer by focusing on intelligent functionality and an incredibly comfortable grooming experience. Their fourth-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. It's even waterproof. Let's talk about being clean, feeling, and smelling good. The new Ultra Premium Body Wash from Manscaped solves all three for the perfect addition to your daily grooming routine, but in the shower. I shower every day and hope you do too. This body wash is infused with aloe vera and sea salt to keep your skin feeling clean, nice, and moisturized. With Manscaped, you'll be a brand new man and ready to kick all the gross hair and smells out with 2021. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code 6th at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code 6th, S-I-X-T-H. Happy New Year to your balls. All right, Luke, so um, my fantasy league is a little bit weird. Um, our playoffs, we have three rounds of playoffs that are two weeks each. So where a lot of leagues are like just starting you know, their playoffs or they're in like the second round of the playoffs, I'm now starting my, uh, my league Super Bowl. So one of my leagues, it just was not meant to be this year. Saquon Barkley was just the a bust at the – I took him second pick in the fantasy draft. Funny enough, he's actually a bust in real life after being the second pick in the NFL draft. Uh, that's a, a discussion for another time. So one of my leagues completely done. Um, haven't gotten an update from you on how you're doing in your leagues, but in my other league, I, I'm now in the Super Bowl and um, I'm projected to lose. But you never know what can happen in these kinds of things. It's two weeks long. Uh, this last week, it literally came down to the the final play. Matthew Stafford um, in the Rams deciding to uh, run the ball on third down instead of throwing it for the end zone. And uh, they just kicked a field goal. Had Matthew Stafford thrown another touchdown, my season would be over. But I won by five points, and, and we're here. And I'm hoping to, to cash in on the, the jackpot in fantasy. But how about you? Does your, I have a question because I'm thinking about the guy that you beat by five. Does your league do this? And I don't, I, don't, I don't agree with this, but a lot of leagues do it. If you have the better record, you start with home field advantage and you get five points oh, as no. like a head start. We do not do that. Okay, well that's good at least because no, they weak. they did that in my league and uh, yeah no that's and I I've seen it before obviously but yeah I was just thinking about that guy you know if you beat him by five that that would have been heartbreaking. Well, luckily for me, I was the number one record in the whole league, so I would have ended you know you know that would have went my way in in that respect. But yeah, if you lose by five points and you didn't have home field advantage, that's just that's mm-hmm. ridiculous yeah have you ever been in a league where if you tie it comes down to like bench points no like the guys that you left on the bench whoever has more points on the bench if your starters tie a lot of times the tiebreaker will be the bench points so whoever had more points on the bench wins the the matchup yeah. essentially i mean I, there's not really too many other ways to do that in a in a matchup you know what i mean like at that point it's just your your cumulative rosters points but yeah you hope I'm you hope that you have an i an ir list at that point otherwise oh, you're yeah. dropping injured players for you know guys that'll get you maybe three points yeah but yeah luckily enough uh you know still alive 
I will keep you guys updated. We got two weeks to go, and I think it's a like six hundred dollar difference. Um, you know, winning the Super Bowl versus coming in second place. So it would definitely be nice to. to you, I know you made. Didn't you say you win something for making the playoffs and then you win something for the championship or making the champ Super Bowl or what? Yeah, so in this league, there were weekly payouts uh, for whoever had the highest score on the week. So I hit that four times. And there's also another payout for who was the highest score uh, scoring team in the regular season. Mm-hmm. I hit that also. So there's also payouts for third place, second place, and then you know whoever wins the whole thing. So... I think right now, even if I lose, I'm walking away with like $400 or something like that, even if I oh, lose nice. the Super Bowl. And I didn't pay in this year. That's like after my buy-in is subtracted. So almost oh, 1000 if I uh if I win the Super Bowl without, you know, buying anything. So mm-hmm. this is my 6th Super Bowl that I've made in the last 5 years uh playing two leagues every year, but I've la- I've lost the last 4 Super Bowls that I've made in a row. Yikes. So the last three years, I, I've lost a total of, of four Super Bowls. So I'm hoping to, to snap the streak this year. Yeah. All right, Luke. So we talked um, Monday about Spider-Man No Way Home. It was kind of our, like, spoiler-free review. I've now seen the movie two and a half times. You might be asking, how do you see a movie half a time? Well, um, my three-year-old, when she found out that I went the other day to see it for the second time and I didn't bring her, because she loves the um, Spidey and his amazing friends, the show on uh, on Disney uh, Junior or whatever the heck it is. It's on Disney Plus. Mm. She loves the show, so she's like, "Oh, I want it." She thinks that's what I'm going to see, which not <laughs> totally the case. But so I told her, I was like, "Okay, I- I'm I'm sorry that I went without you. We'll give it a try." I've never taken her to a movie. You know, she doesn't sit at home on the couch for two hours <laughs> to watch a movie. So I wasn't very confident going into. You know, we went today to see it. And we made it about an hour into the movie, and she's like, the snacks are gone. I'm ready to leave. Like, the, the snacks were gone. The popcorn was gone. And she's like, yeah, I, I want to go home. I miss mommy. So I was like, okay. So we'll leave. So I've seen the movie two and a half times now, and I know you and I both want to discuss spoilers. So this is going to be a spoiler-filled conversation. We're really not going to cover anything else in the pod this week. So if you have not seen Spider-Man No Way Home, this is your warning to turn off this podcast now. If you have not seen it, go see it. And if you can help it, um, you definitely want to see it in a in a pretty packed theater. I think it's a much better viewing experience that way. So, Luke, let's talk No Way Home. So, this is a movie that I've been anticipating for you know a long time. I would say starting about a year ago we started to hear rumors that they were going to try to introduce the multiverse, the Spider-Verse into this movie. And ever since then, the rumors, starting with like uh, Jamie Foxx and Alfred Molina coming back to reprise their roles as um, Electro and Doc Ock, and then it turned into Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. And our generation, um, you know, if you're old enough, like Toby is the OG. Toby is the reason... You know, as a little kid, I went and saw that movie and and fell in love with Spider-Man. Like, Toby is the OG. Andrew Garfield, you know, great individual performance in those movies, but the the his uh the Amazing Spider-Man um you know two film series is uh you know highly regarded as not great. So, Luke, let let's talk about this because they brought the whole gang back, and I still cannot believe that they were able to pull it off. 
There were some spoilers, some things got leaked, but for the most part, they kind of kept this under wraps. Going into the movie, did you expect Toby and Andrew to be in the film? I did. Uh, I didn't like look too deep into it. I just knew there was enough rumors. There was enough like interviews with Tom Holland, and like they were just always being like, "I don't know, I, I know, you know," just kind of like pushing it away and deflecting a lot. And so I thought probably, um, but I, you know, I wasn't gonna be surprised either way. Um, I asked a buddy of mine who, um, you know, who I went with. I was like, "Do you anticipate seeing them in this movie?" And he was like, uh, I'm anticipating like the villains, but I'm not yeah. anticipating actually having all of the Spider-Mans in one film. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a, a really good surprise. They set it up pretty incredibly and, uh, was, was a lot of fun. So for me and you and Kevin know this obviously, but I've kept it off of the show, um, just because I didn't want anything to get spoiled. So I, I watched the first trailer that came out you know, three or four months ago, whatever it was. But I made a decision that that was going to be the only thing that I watched about this movie. I wasn't going to read anything. I wasn't going to watch any further spoilers. So I think about a month ago, the second trailer came out and I just completely swore it off. I, I didn't watch it. Um, you know, the last couple of weeks I've muted like nine separate phrases on Twitter, like <laughs> Spider-Man, No Way Home, Tom Holland, Andrew Garfield, <laughs> Tobey Maguire, just because I didn't want to know anything and I didn't mention that on the pod because I didn't want somebody to, you know, troll <laughs> me on Twitter or YouTube and be like, oh my God, Toby Maguire's in the movie. Can you believe it? And then I was going to be so pissed. <laughs> so I, I knew that like Alfred Molina and Jamie Foxx were going to be in the movie. I did see a poster that had the Green Goblin in it. So I knew he was going to be in it. So I was really excited. But I was just like, man, when Andrew Garfield has been interviewed, he's like defiantly um like uh denying it like saying mm. i'm sorry people are going to be disappointed blah 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 but you know i'm not going to be in the movie and all these things so i went into it and i was like man i think they're going to have the villains in it i wasn't sure that toby um and or andrew would show up so the scene um you know where, where they're at ned's apartment and yeah. he has the sling ring and he goes you know I, you know i wish i could see you know peter and it opens the portal, and you see a Spider-Man there. You're not quite sure who it is yet. I thought for sure it was Toby. Like, you could just see the silhouette, and yeah. then he jumps through, and it's Andrew. I'm like, okay, this is a... Like, first of all, the entire theater went nuts. I don't know if that was the same experience mm. for you. But I was just like, man, they brought Andrew. But I'm like, I just don't like... Toby has been out of movies for, like, quite a few years now, and we just hadn't heard anything about him. We didn't see any interviews with him denying it. There is nothing, no noise whatsoever. So I, I was like, okay, this is so cool, but I, I just don't think Toby's going to be in the movie. And then literally two minutes later, yeah. you have Toby. And just like from that, that's for me, that's the point where the movie like takes off. Like the mm -hmm. first hour or so um, is really good. Obviously the scene in Happy's apartment where everything like ish hits the fan and Aunt May ends up dying. Like that's really where the movie picks up, but then like you you know you're in for a, a ride when when Toby and Andrew show up. So, Luke, we're I know you're not a huge Spider-Man fan. You're not huge into the Marvel films, but you've did you have you seen like the Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield Spider-Man films like yeah. coming into this or yeah yeah so I I have and that I mean the so it was funny like the the contrast that they put 
you know, um, when they're all in the, the, you know, in the, the apartment essentially. And Toby is like kind of weirded out that they're both just like so public about being Spider-Man. And they're like, Hey, can, and he was like, I, I'm, I don't do that. I don't, you know, like I, I don't do the whole like Spider-Man thing, like to, to people that I don't know or whoever, whatever. And so that was pretty funny. Just like adding in little things like that to show like the difference in their you know universe and the different paths that Peter Parker's take. Um, so I, I think that was really well done. Um, and, and I think there, I mean, there's a lot of things that were kind of, I guess, shocking is what you could say about, about the movie, like surprises that happened that you were like, I, I did not expect that at all. So for me, I mean, I, I was just literally nerding out the entire time. There's a, a meme of Shia LaBeouf in a, a theater and he's got just like this range of emotions from, like kind of indifferent to like crying to being surprised. Like that was me the entire movie. Like mm -hmm. I just, I really could not. And it, it made sense, um, you know, that Aunt May had to die in this, um, in Tom Holland's version of Spider-Man, like the Uncle Ben character um, is kind of alluded to, but he's not really present in the movies. So everyone knows like the origin of Spider-Man is like, you know, Uncle Ben dies and he learns that, you know, with great power must also come great responsibility. And that's when he really becomes, you know, the, the Spider-Man, the hero that, um, you know, is the, the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. And he, and he feels the weight of, of responsibility of being Spider-Man. And a lot of people's criticism of the home trilogy, as they call it with Tom Holland, was that he, he was kind of this like Iron Boy or Iron Man Jr., Mm -hmm. where all of the um, like benefits that he had and like all of his power kind of is aided by Tony Stark. He's not his own superhero. And them killing Aunt May kind of ha opens up um, Tom Holland's character to the weight of being Spider-Man. And yeah. he hadn't really experienced that before. But as that's happening, like I'm, I'm like my hands are on my face, like I'm covering my eyes, I, I'm almost crying. Like if I if the boys were not with me at that premiere, your boy <laughs> would have been sobbing in the theater by myself watching Aunt May die. And like from that point, and then um, you just kind of like you talked about, you kind of get like the backstory of uh, you know what these characters have been up to since we've seen them. Um, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man uh, reveals that you know he and MJ are still together and you know, they work really hard at their relationship. It's not always perfect, but you know he has somebody. And then they ask Andrew or Toby yeah. asks Andrew if you have somebody, and he says, "Nah, I don't have time for that." And that is just so heartbreaking to know that since Gwen died, he hasn't had anybody. Like I, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about this because I love. I just did too. So I I hate yeah. you. I just did too. It's, uh, and then. Like from them meeting uh, him on the roof, and Andrew tells him that you know after that he he got bitter and stopped pulling his punches, which is such a big deal because um, people ask like you know th they think that Spider Man isn't really that strong or he's not really that tough when he's fighting these you know normal yeah. guys, but the Spider Man character is always pulling his punches like literally because he doesn't want to kill or hurt the people that he's fighting. Mm -hmm. He's just trying to save people. So the fact that like, did you see the Batman uh, trailer, Robert Pattinson, before the Spider-Man movie? Was that trailer? no? I they, no, my buddy Brandon asked me about that, but they didn't do that trailer in mine. Okay, so that th that is like the very vengeful version of Batman not pulling his punches, and that's what I think of Andrew Garfield Spider-Man not pulling his punches at that point. 
So I, I, I could talk about this movie all day, but when they're at the Statue of Liberty and they decide, you know what, like we all suck trying to work individually right now, right. and they decide we're going to work as a Dude, team and they all are swinging together. That shot that where they all landed together, oh, oh my, my goodness. That was, that was crazy. That scene almost made me pregnant, like 100%. <laughs> Like I, I want that image signed by all three of those <laughs> actors so badly and hang that up in my house. But the the best scene of the movie for me, Luke, and I I'm gonna tear up and, and get goosebumps thinking about this. Yeah, is when MJ is falling, mm-hmm. and Tom dives to save her, and he's fingertips away, and Green Goblin's glider comes and grabs yeah. him. And I hadn't seen anything. I didn't see trailers, so I didn't know what was happening. I was like. If you tell me this guy is going to lose Aunt May and MJ in the same film, I don't think I will be able to handle that. And when that happens, you see Andrew's Spider-Man panic, and you know he's instantly thinking back to Gwen. Yeah, He dives, he catches her, and then you could just see like... So I forget where this this um, idea came from, but you could see Andrew getting real-life closure... Yeah, in a movie scene, and him that that moment he was able to save MJ in the way that he wasn't able to save Gwen. I I, yeah. I screamed so loud. <laughs> I at think that moment it was yeah. just so perfect. I think that more than that, obviously they gave him that moment right, like after he did it to to like to have that closure. But more than that, he's not letting Tom have happened to him what what happened you know what happened to him mm. right. So more importantly, he's hope he's making he's changing the future of Tom to make sure that he keeps you know his MJ and and doesn't lose you know like. So I, I think that there was a lot of all encompassing things that happened in that scene that were really cool. Um, I did want another thing. I do you I have a, mean, a, a? I don't response? mean to cut you off, but this just popped in my head. Yeah. Um. It all. It does. It doesn't only save him from losing MJ. It saves him from becoming bitter and going down that dark path. Because mm-hmm. when they show up, he Tom Holland tells uh, Andrew and Toby, "I want to tear this guy apart." Like he wants to kill Green Goblin. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I wanted to mention another cameo that will get completely overshadowed by all the other big stars that came through by the way green goblin defoe did good night he it was so the goat also um no but overlooked and some people may not know who it is whatever i don't know real ones but i know where you're going real ones, right and i've said this to you before but but matt murdoch um, for him from Daredevil, if you've seen the series, from the it's, Netflix I, series. Yeah, I, I, I love it. I, I honestly, to be completely so he made a cameo, is all I'm saying. But that show, I got into really more than I did like the MCU, like that. I did that and then the Punisher. Um, and there was, you know, the other ones as well that they did through Netflix, which was really well done. Daredevil was incredible. So to see him, I had a little fanboy moment because I really did enjoy him so much in the few seasons that they did. Um, So that was really cool. Um, But got overshadowed. It's going to get overshadowed by everything else that happened. Um, But but yeah. So did you did you see Jonathan? The last thing I say is so Defoe was talking about um, if he's going to be in the movie. Yes. Like he wants to do his own stuff. And and meanwhile, meanwhile, Doc Ock was like, do any of that? 
Like I don't I like he they was were polar that he was too old to reprise the role at all. Right. And and he said, I will do it if you make me look the same age that I was. And then Defoe was like, Bro, I want all my wrinkles. I want to do want all my smoke. stuff. I want to do everything. And it paid off. He yeah. he did incredible. Um, so yeah, I mean, just hats off to all of them, obviously, but uh, Defoe as a villain was, I mean, he stole the show as, as a villain. I think it's not a perfect movie, but I think it's for, for what they were trying to achieve. I don't see how they could have done that any better. Like the first hour of the movie does feel a little bit clunky. And at times the dialogue is like really awkward and doesn't like totally make sense. But the second half of that movie is just so good and just everything a Spider-Man fan, especially a fan of the films, like gr- like that has been my entire life. Like grow- I I was like I don't know seven or eight nine years old when you know the first Spider-Man came out with with uh with Tobey Maguire, and that's been my entire life. I've I've just always loved Spider-Man, and to see those three guys on the screen together, and like you really just getting the best of each of those characters and how like different they all are. Like some and of bringing jokes, out like, the best in each other too. Yeah, a hundred percent. They just did such a great job of that. Um, I, I would be a little bit remiss if you know we I didn't also touch on like the one of the final scenes where um, Tom Holland is just like destroying Green Goblin mm-hmm. and is going to to take the glider and you know right. kill him. Um, you know, kind of similar to the way that he he died in he died. the first Spider Man film where he's you know impaled yeah. with the glider. And then Toby coming and, and catching the glider. Right. And first of all, friends of mine are arguing that a Toby Maguire Spider-Man is stronger than Tom Holland. They're equally strong. <laughs> let, 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 that was the uh, the immovable object versus like the unstoppable force at that point. Okay, let, let's get that out of the way. But again, Toby saving you know Tom from going down that dark road, and at the same time saving Norman Osborn so when they get back to you know that reality he gets you know stabbed with the serum from Tom Holland and he's Norman Osborn again so it, I I love that you know it kind of allowed them to go back to their their universes and I think um retroactively that probably would have saved Harry Osborn as well because if Norman doesn't die then you know James Franco's Harry Osborn right. never becomes the Green Goblin and, and and doesn't die either so I thought that was really cool and then Again, like I, I've always loved Tom Holland's Spider-Man. I, I feel like, um, like the age, his, uh, his iteration of Peter Parker and his iteration of Spider-Man, those three things together is as close as we've gotten to like how he actually is in the comic books. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, like Peter, like uh, uh Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. I hate to say it, but I think is actually the, even though it's great, it's probably the worst of the three portrayal of Sp- Peter Parker and Spider-Man. And then, like Andrew uh, Garfield, everyone knows his his Peter Parker is just a little bit, you know, too cool, quote unquote, to be Peter Parker. And Tom Holland is just like the perfect um, yeah. mix of that. But the the one criticism that a lot of people have had is that he just doesn't have the the weight of responsibility that Peter Parker should have. And at the end, where all of these villains are are getting ready to come from these other you know universes and dimensions. And the only way to stop that from happening is for everyone to forget who Peter Parker is. Um, and, and Tom Holland's like, I know, just just do it. Like, he's not upset or sad or whatever. He's like, I know this is what needs to happen. Make it happen. And then, um, you know, Mary, Mary Jane, uh, not Mary Jane, MJ and Ned 
both his you know girlfriend and best friend forget who he is. And at the end of the movie, he sees them and sees that they are happy without him. He goes, you know what? I don't need to get them all wrapped up in this again. I think that's going to change in future films. Yeah. But seeing him grow up, some people yeah. are saying he's finally become Spider-Man. I don't necessarily agree with that. But I will say the flaws with the character, they it the film was perfect. It made Tom Holland Spider-Man exactly what I wanted it to be. We got closure for Peter Parker, for Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. Just beautiful film. I yeah. was, I will watch this a million times more before I die. Yeah, well, the and at the, least I hope I could die tomorrow. Who knows? But <laughs> hopefully, you'll, you'll still find time to watch it before then. Yeah. Um, hey, no, hey, Jesus, can we can we watch No Way Home again? <laughs> but uh, no. So I know I already said I, I that was going to be my last piece. This this will be my last piece. As someone who is like has seen all the Marvel thing all the everything in the mcu all those movies i still have admitted that i could be considered a casual just because i'm not as passionate about it so for me the moment that really crushed me the most was the final moment between tom holland and mj like as someone who's like is a casual like just from a, an emotional like person standpoint like just empathy was that scene where she was like do you, do you promise and, you know, yeah. she says, I love you. And she tells him to hold it for like when they meet again. And I was like, oh, my gosh. No, don't do it, Tom. Just fight all the villains. Kill them all. I don't, don't do this. And then he walked well, in the coffee goes, shop and she, goes, she doesn't notice him. Oh. Well, she goes, even if you don't, I'll figure out again. Yeah. Like yeah. that was. Yeah. That, so so that was the, my really, last really piece rough. there. Yeah. Did you see? um like they both posted on Instagram like after the like official premiere mm. and he's like oh you know thanks to my MJ and, and she's like you know forever my Spider-Man like like they're dating in real life right they're just freaking adorable so I know that <laughs> hopefully they, it already yeah they've already yeah I mean who, who knows uh, <laughs> about that but um I know they're already planning three more Tom Holland Spider-Man films he doesn't want to be playing the character past, you know, he said this in the past, um, at least that he doesn't want to be playing the character past, you know, 30 years old. And he's 25 right now. Right. So I think it's been uh, four or five, I think he's been playing the character for four or five years already. I think Civil War was 2016 they're, or 2017. I don't remember. They're going to be popping but, them out like a newly married couple. Holy cow. Dude, I, I am so excited for the future of this character. I really feel like, like you, you think of like, um, you know, like Batman, for instance. You know, you, you might think Christian Bale. You know, you might, uh, you might think, um, God, Michael Keaton, right? Mm -hmm. I, I feel like for a lot of us growing up, like we think of Tobey Maguire first, and then kind of like Andrew Garfield, also because the films don't have a great reputation. But I think Tom Holland really has a chance to become like the Spider-Man, and. Like the end where, you know, now he has his own apartment. He's he's not even graduating from high school. He's studying for his GED. He finally makes his own Spider-Man suit, like legitimate Spider-Man suit. And that is the closest Spider-Man suit that we've seen from like the original, um, yeah. you know, like Amazing Spider-Man comics. Uh, yeah, I, I just I think he really has. I think he's already the GOAT, but. I, I think I'm just so excited for what we're going to see from the character and, you know, the future movies. Uh, uh, one last thing before we go, I could, I could talk about this forever. Luke. <laughs> I don't know if you've realized that, but um, there's a lot of momentum on the internet to try to get Andrew, his trilogy, his final and third Spider-Man yeah. movie. Is that, 
Do you think that's feasible? Like, do you think they can have two separate, like a, an MCU Spider-Man and a Sony Spider-Man? And would you watch a, a third Andrew Garfield? I think I, I think I would because it would feel like a redemption for not, not his Spider-Man really, but him. Like he, he was done dirty by the directing in his movies, yeah. and and I think he deserves it. And I saw somewhere, I don't know if it's a, the rumor, or whatever you said, it's out, whatever that it's you know that it's already in like gonna happen like they've already decided like this is gonna happen so i I, i'm interested to see what they do i hope that they do him justice because i think like we saw it he was so good um you know kind of the comic relief at points but also had the versatility to to provide those kind of sad moments where you feel bad for him and so I, i think that he his versatility was really shown off in in the movie and so I'm I'm hoping that he gets the director he deserves and and they'll, you know, do right by him. Well, I would say as much as I love Tom Holland and, and Tobey Maguire and I obviously I think Tom Holland, you know, is the best Spider-Man, but Andrew I think is without a doubt the most talented of those three actors. And that's saying a lot because Tom Holland is a great actor and Tobey Maguire is a great actor, but the other thing is Andrew Garfield loves the character so much. He mm-hmm. loves Spider-Man. Um, it was it was like a, a sense of like solace for him growing up to be able to relate to that type of character. And you know, he he uh, there was a, a Comic Con when he was uh, getting ready to do the Amazing Spider-Man movies, um, where he gave this speech and, and basically said like the like I drew my strength from Spider-Man like at mm-hmm. times in my life. So Andrew loves the character. I would love to see him. Uh, the the actor and the person be done justice right. by getting another film in that film you know being done right so if you guys haven't seen no way home and you listen to this entire thing i'm very sorry but we warned you we're i, I we're, i'm gonna hope uh, i'm gonna see and if if i need to do it i will but i i want to maybe have this if it's on youtube especially be like sectioned off by topic um broad topics just so for the sole fact that we can put spider-man spoilers in that section if that makes sense so no it definitely does but if you guys haven't you just do yourself a favor and and go see the movie even if you're a casual if you have you know any interest in the character or the movies Mm -hmm. go see it it is it is so worth it it's so much fun and um luke called me dramatic because i tweeted out that i will never forget that night as long as i live I really will, especially the moment where Andrew Garfield saves MJ. I will never forget that moment and when Andrew and Toby both show up on the screen in that movie. I will literally remember that for the rest of my life. It was so amazing and very, very grateful that that movie exists. And like I said, it's probably my, my favorite movie of all time now. Like it, it doesn't feel like recency bias just because how much I love the character and, and those actors and just how much fun it was. It's probably my favorite movie of all time. So if you guys haven't seen it, do yourself a favor. Go see it. Luke, we got anything else before we uh, say goodbye to these wonderful folks? No, Merry Christmas, guys. Yes, Merry Christmas. And I want to wish a very Merry Christmas to our patrons, uh, Court Cousins, Drew Gooden, Armin, Keith Garcia, Zico, Carson Tulo, Nathan Lynn, Ellis, Norm L., Magic Player History, Julio. If you guys are looking to financially support the show, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show we have three tiers to choose from thank you guys so much for listening jonathan osborne and luke sylvia you guys are listening to shoot the shot we will catch you guys next time see ya